You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. Welcome to Around the Arena's Kiama Community Radio sports program, where you can regularly hear what's happening in sport across the region. Not so long ago, we were being told our dams will never fill. Save every drop of water. It's precious. We'll try and tell that to our cricketers who have had another horrendous year in their sport. I thought I'd catch up with you-know-who, my favourite go-to cricketing person, and ask him how the season had fared. This is what we discussed via a Zoom meeting. So this morning I'm talking with Bill Peters, and as everyone knows, I think by now, Bill's my favourite go-to man for anything cricket in our community. So welcome, Bill, to Kaima Community Radio. Always a pleasure, Glenn. So, Bill, the season's finished, as I understand it. We've fallen over the line, or am I wrong there? Uh, I think it finished about six weeks ago, so I don't think there's been any cricket played for six weeks because of the rain. But, uh, yeah, it is officially now all done and dusted. In a, in a competitive environment, how do they declare the winner? In the long run, what it comes down to is you've got to finish first before you get to the finals. And whoever finishes on top of the table, it's like, it's like the English Premier League in the, in the soccer uh, they don't have finals, they just have first-past-the-post winners. So in regards to all the finals having been washed out, it just comes down to whoever finished first on the table has declared the Premier. So in first grade and second grade this year, Lake Illawarra finished first, and they, so they've been declared the winners of, uh, of first grade and second grade, probably third grade as well. I think from memory they may have even finished uh, top in third grade. So, And I believe it's the rail that finished first in fourth grade. So... It comes down to make sure you win all your games during the season just in case it rains. And over the course of the last five or six years, that's been very prevalent. How did our teams go? Kiama, uh, Jambru and Jeringong. Yep. Okay. So in first grade, uh, as only Kiama, only, only one of those three clubs had a first grade side. So they finished sixth. Yep. They uh, only finished two and a half points out of fourth spot, as it turned out. And if they knew coming into the last two rounds that if they could win both those games, then they would probably play finals. But, of course, they both got washed out, so there was no change. So that was unfortunate. Of course, you've got to remember that they also won the 220 competition in first grade. So that's Kaima's first premiership uh, in first grade since 1983-84. So that was a terrific achievement. Absolutely. And I think the boys celebrated hard on that. In second grade, Geringong finished third and Kaima finished fourth. So they would have played, both played semis, but of course they were washed out. Jambrew finished fifth on points. Second row was the only team Jambrew fielded this year in, in seniors or juniors, which I think is probably a concern. And I, I, I don't know because I'm not involved in the Jambrew club, but I'm sure that's uh, something that they will be discussing pretty hard in the off season. Third grade, similar thing. Jeringong finished third, Kaima finished fourth. And in fourth grade, Kaima finished third and Jeringong finished seventh. So you can see in all those grades for Kaima and Jeringong, they pretty much, apart from the Jeringong fourth grade side, they all would have played finals if it hadn't rained this season. So for both those clubs, I think that's a, a pretty fair achievement. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Speaking of uh, Jamaroo, though, it's a tough one out there because even their, their rugby league, they struggle for juniors. So, yeah, it's a small feeder area. And, and really struggle. Once you lose the, the kids from out there, 
and they come into town and they play for Kaima or for Jerringong in whatever sport, it's tough to get them back out there. So, uh, yeah. Abs- I really absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, I don't know what the solution is. And I think I've said before that the last thing that we really want is for the Jamboree Club to fold. Their history is as steep as Kaima's and Jerringong's when it comes to cricket. They've been around since those, like, 1850s, 1860s. Uh, the last thing we want is for a club that is uh, that historic in nature to have to fold through lack of numbers. So I really hope that they're able to find some way to get through that. So, so women's uh, cricket as well, Bill. Uh, you, you, you spoke to me off air uh, earlier about the, uh, the women's finals on today and uh, uh, where, what's our pathways for young girls in, in cricket at the moment? And... And what uh, what are the strategies to try and get more girls into cricket? Well, we, the girls generally do play in the boys' junior competitions, which is good. It should be noted that uh, Kaima fielded a team, I think it was an under-15s uh, T20 competition with the Illawarra, and they ended up winning that competition. Uh, they played against the Port Kembla side in the final several times, and they ended up winning that, uh, which is, that was a midweek sort of competition that was being played. So that, that was really good news for Kaima's girls. Uh, there was lots of ages there, I think, from 15 all the way through to sort of 11 and, and that kind of stuff. So in, in the South Coast at the moment, that they've definitely tried to incorporate girls' teams into the juniors and also into other competitions. Probably not having as much success at the moment as Illawarra does, but the effort is there. So I think the fact that there's been some success with this Kaima team and the fact that the Women's World Cup has been so prevalent over the last month and it's been uh, it's spoken about a lot and, and we've seen how well Australia are doing and hopefully by the time everyone hears this, we actually won and didn't lose to England. Um, I think that the more that women's cricket is seen, then the, the more the chance of, of girls coming in and wanting to play cricket will be there and then the opportunities will certainly increase as that occurs. Okay, well, it's certainly, uh, if, I, if I talk in rugby league, uh, in rugby league terms, Kaima Junior Rugby League is now the biggest club in the area. They've got 450 young kids involved in rugby league. Surprisingly to me, initially, was that 200 of those are little girls or young yep. women. Um, so certainly, once they get on the bike about a sport, women, I think they take it up, and that, which is great yep. to see. And, I, and like I said, we do have quite a number of girls playing junior cricket for Kaima in the, in the boys' teams. We just don't have enough to put together a single team and a single age group just yet. But it's, it's, in, it's increasing every year, and sometimes a slowly but surely ethic is probably the best way to go. Okay. Now, players that caught your eye this year, can you pull out a couple from, uh, from each area that, that uh, caught your eye? Yeah, I, I, I certainly think I, I must admit I, I didn't see anything from Jeringong this year so to all our Jeringong residents I'm sorry I can't really help you out too much there. I know with Kayama we had some good young kids come into the club this year and, and perform well in first grade. We had guys like uh, Hyan Parsons and uh, Andy Magenis who did very good things in first grade this year. I think especially you have to look at two guys who share the same last name which is Liam Mackerel and Blake Mackerel who may well be not with us much longer. I think that their futures probably are going to end up being in Sydney. But Liam's been with us for a number of years and he's worked his way through the grades and has been has scored a lot of runs. He's a very good wicket keeper. 
a terrific level head. And his younger brother, Blake, is a, as a batsman come left arm orthodox spin bowler. And I just love the loop and dip and turn he gets with his left arm spin. He's fantastic to watch. Technically, he's just perfect. He's got a very good head on his shoulders. It's, it's, it's interesting that it seems to be his batting that he is looking to push with, but his left arm spin bowling, I think, is just fantastic. So those two in particular, as well as, as Hyan and Andy, there are lots more coming through. And you've got the old heads there again. They did the job this year. Jaya Harker, I think, did a fantastic job with the club this year, especially as captain of first grade. Uh, he was able to pull some strings in together, uh, get them going, and, and to win that uh, T20 tournament. Uh, and then you look at other guys who, who helped out with that as well. Uh, you know, Nathan Barr has been there for a thousand years, and Daniel Rowley has got more nuts and bolts in him than any person available who's still playing. All of those guys combined. Yeah, you know, been really good for Kaima this year. And what about the curator? I, I'm amazed that uh, when I get up around Cavalier Park, the covers are on or someone's working on that wicket. And I, as I understand it, if the sun comes out, that ground is playable and people can get on it. So uh, they must have done a great yeah. job to keep, keep, uh, keep things or just keep going with every week. They must be doing their work, but then uh, not, getting on, uh, not getting a game. Tim Wolfe is an amazing character. He's like he's a guy, he's born and bred in Kyamer and he's he's uh, done a lot. He went up and lived in Darwin for a while and, and played up there and learned a lot of stuff there. But his curating is is second to none, and his work ethic is second to none. And the amount of work he does put into that wicket and and the ground itself, you know, for for the love, for not much else but the love, he is just absolutely fantastic, and he. He probably it, – it's it's a strange thing with cura, curating grounds. I mean, generally it comes from people having to – whoever's playing on the day, going up there and preparing the wicket during the week and putting the covers on all that kind of stuff, and you just get whatever you get. But Kaim has been so lucky since Tim has returned to have him there, firstly for his knowledge and secondly for his work. The, no other ground probably on the south coast of New South Wales got more cricket this season. and a lot of that can be put down to the work that's put into the wicket by Tim. Well, that's fantastic and a good rap for the guy. And, and yeah, I mean, we don't give we don't give our our curators in whatever sport enough kudos, really. But anyway, that's great to hear, Bill. So, what about the facilities there? I keep banging on about facilities at Cavalier Park. I hear there is some money with the council as a grant to um, to upgrade facilities. Have you heard anything around that at all? I haven't. Particularly, I, I hear rumours, uh, like most people probably do, and, and given the length of time I've sort of been involved with Kymie, sometimes you hear those rumours, you say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, I hope that something starts moving forward. We, I, we've got a terrific place up there, and our facilities up there, to be able to improve those, uh, like I said, the, the ground is fantastic, it's already looked after. Uh, but what we need is is other facilities up there to uh, make it look like a, a ground you want to go and watch cricket at. At the moment, it's a big flat space, and if you want to come up and watch, you've got to bring your own chairs, you've got to bring your own cover, you've got to do, you've got to walk a fair distance to go to the toilet. What that ground really needs in order to attract people to come in and watch cricket in the summer months is some sort of facility there that incorporates all of that, which is. 
as I've said before, the, like the uh, the rugby club down at Kaima uh, Chagrin is is a perfect example of something like that. If if the cricket club could have something like that up there at the uh, the complex, it'd just be fantastic. It would be, and I I pledge this that I'll keep banging on about it, and until <laughs> yeah. we get some in, improvement, because I keep telling people, councillors, please go to Mackay and have a look at what <laughs> they've got there for cricket. It is just sensational. Anyway, and that's exactly and that's exactly right. Something like that that they have at Mackay there. I, I know there's a lot of money and a lot of work to go into it, but if it could be established, then it would just be a showpiece of the South Coast. And then you'd have a ground that not only gets cricket on more than any other ground, but we'd have the facilities to allow people to come and watch it. Exactly. So, Bill, what about next season? So let's look forward. Let's hope that, that um, we've had our El Nino or whatever it's called. We've had so much <laughs> rain, I don't think we need any more. Um, we'll be all cutting grass through winter. So predictions for next year. How do you think uh, our... Our local teams will fare next year. Well, you would, as everything, you would like to say. If, obviously, our area this goes out to is, is Kaima during on January. We'd say we'd love to see Kaima during on January finish first, second, and third in every grade. <laughs> That's unlikely to happen, but we're at a point. I certainly, and you look at if you look at the juniors this year for certainly for Kaima and Jeringong, there's a lot of good kids still coming through. Now, the Jeringong team had a combined a team with the lake in the under-17s, and they finished second in that comp. Kymer's under-15Bs won their competition. In the under-13s, Kymer finished, had three teams, and they finished second, eighth, and ninth. Jeringong finished sixth. In the under-11s, Kymer finished first and second in the A competition. In the B competition, Kymer finished third, Jeringong finished fourth. So you can see that there are so many good kids coming through, and the idea is to bring them into grade cricket and then improve the grade cricket scene. So on that, and then you move into the grade cricket, well, as we said, Kaima and Jeringong both would have played finals this year in most of those grades. So you would think that that will continue if you can continue to bring kids through and keep the older guys happy and wanting to come back and play cricket. And sometimes when you have a season like this, which we've never had a season like this where we've had so little cricket played, it's quite amazing. So that will either turn people off playing cricket or encourage them to come back next year and want to play more and want to be more involved. And that may increase the player numbers as well for people who didn't even play this year. So the first thing to improve on next year is having the people there to play and then secondly, hopefully, training, all that kind of stuff. I think the outlook is good for Kayama in first grade. The talk around at the moment is that we'll have the same, pretty much the same sort of team coming back next year. And then we can also look for younger guys coming through from second grade, say like uh, Blake Mackerel, Darcy Norris, uh, those kind of guys coming into first grade and improving that first grade side. Second grade and third grade and fourth grade, well, they all feed off the success of the first grade side. I've, I've always believed that. And if first grade do well, then generally the other grades will do well as well. I think... Certainly for Kayama, there's plenty of scope to improve on this season. And Jeringong, as I said, I've shown, they finished in the semi-final positions in second grade and third grade. So they're obviously also in a position where they can push for more success. If you make, I guess, and the thing we think about when we play cricket is that you go through the whole season and you say, if we can make the finals, 
then we're a chance. Then we've just got to win two games to win a premiership. That was proven wrong this year because there was no finals cricket. But both those clubs have shown that this season, they put themselves in with a chance because they made the top four in those grades. The important thing, I think, for Jeringong, I don't know uh, going forward if they believe that they can put a first-grade team back in again. It's been a number of years. And, of course, Kymer have only just done that recently, uh, come back into first grade. So first grade, I think, is, is probably the big black hole at the moment for the Southern clubs. If we're only represented by one of our three clubs, then it, it takes away the focus, I guess, of, of the cricket in that respect. Mm-hmm. But, but in regards to success all, all through, I think, again, uh, Kymer and Jeringal put themselves in with a chance this year. Uh, they'll be looking to do the same sort of thing next year. Okay, well, it's been pretty comprehensive as always, Bill, and I, I thank you, thank you for your input. And that's what does, compreh- does, does comprehensive mean? I just talk too much. No, it doesn't, Bill. <laughs> I really love catching up with you, and uh, and and thanks indeed. Every time I, I ask for a, a bit of a chat, you always come come through. So thanks for joining me this morning. I really do appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, Glenn. Any time. Thank you. KCR, Kiama Community Radio.org. For the community, by the community. Whilst most sports have been struggling over the last few months with all the rain, February and March have been busy months for our little athletics athletes. At the Kiramakan Athletic Centre in Wollongong in February, the Region 4 Championships were held. Region 4 is made up of centres from Eastern Riverina, Mid-South Coast, South Coast Highlands and Western Riverina. Kiama had seven athletes secure first and second places, automatically qualifying them for the State Track and Field Championships at Sydney Olympic Park in March. At the State Championships in under-13s, Maya Hewitt performed magnificently, winning gold in the 200 metres hurdles, long jump and triple jump. In under-11s, Tamana Searle won silver in the 100 metres There were many, many personal best times and distances set, but just to reach this level of competition is a great achievement. In a fitting reward for her performance at State, Maya Hewitt has been selected in the New South Wales State team to contest the Australian Little Athletics Championships in Melbourne next month. Congratulations, Maya, on a wonderful performance. That's all I have time for this week, but if you'd like your sport to be part of the program, contact me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. Com. I'm Glenn Shepherd, and I hope to see you around one of our sporting arenas. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.